0: Welcome, movie lovers, to the Cinematic Realms podcast. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Amy.
0: My wonderful, wonderful co host for a, it seems like much longer, but uh, you've been co hosting with me on the YouTube live stream version of this show for the past couple months, I, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think I started in October, I want to say. Um. So, like four or five months max. I think.
0: I think it's the pandemic. I think it's been stretching everything, feels
1: everything out. Everything so long. Um, one year feels like five years. I actually was thinking about this a couple of days ago because I realized that um, I'm gonna come up on some reunions, like high school reunions and such, and I'm like, has it, has it been that long since? since that, I feel like it's been 50 years, <laughs> like all of 2020 seriously stretched out. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess we're about to go in the third month of 2021. So it's not like time isn't marching forward. I I don't know. It's it, Time is a concept right now, John.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it, what's really weird is uh, just, even if you look back to when I started uh, doing this over on YouTube, it was about a year ago. Um, which kind of feels really like a long time ago and also a short time ago. It's this weird mixture of stuff. Anyway, so we've just gone right into the chat. I I guess we should (laughs) set this up for the people who, uh, haven't, you know, watched what we've been doing on YouTube. Uh, we are basically a movie, uh, enthusiasm (laughs) show it's it's not fair to say that we're you know a film criticism because i i i once got
1: movie jazz hands show
0: (laughs) yeah because i once got told actually that i was a film propagandist (laughs) meaning that i i like to just talk really positive about movies that i love and and that's about it you're like a
1: promoter kind of exactly yeah um yeah i mean you Pick movies you like, John, and you know, I I started watching you probably three or four months in to your channel, so, so for those of you listening for the first time, he's on John Webster Film on YouTube, so you'll find him there because it was just John Webster for uh, when he started this, and he had wonderful guests on, And I thought, this guy's neat, he really likes movies, he talks about them passionately, and very, very positively, you never hear him say anything negative. But then you had guests on who would push back a little bit. So I I respected that, that you would have guests on, uh, like for the Hobbit animated movie, where you were like, guys, this is awesome. And they're like, oh, sweets of a child. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then you, that's, is that when you started plotting to become my co-host?
1: Yes, that's when I decided I was going to take over the, your YouTube channel and make it Amy Blackfire Film. Uh, that has not happened yet, but, you know, one day. Um, and you, yeah, so so we, um, we met through Here Be Dragons, where you co-host over on YouTube. And I Wait, actually... Which...
0: Which, by the way, is part of why this is now a podcast, because (laughs) it turns out that doing a YouTube live stream on both Saturday and Sunday is not good for one's mental health.
1: You need a weekend, John. Even right now, when there's no place to go, you still need it. And um, I actually came up with the name Cinematic Realms, so I helped you rebrand
0: like as soon as I read that I was like oh my god that's perfect I gave you
1: 10 and that was my favorite but I didn't want to be biased so I just DM'd you You you're like Amy I think I should name it something that's not John Webster film uh do you have suggestions and I just quickly like sent you like eight or ten ideas and I really like cinematic realms because we're because well I say we because now I'm the co-host but you at the time it was your channel you really like fantasy um I mean, we both do, but I was thinking about you at the time. I, I at the time, had no plot I, to take over your channel, I believe. Maybe. Does it go back that far? We'll sure. never know. Uh, so, yeah, Cinematic Realms was my favorite, and I also thought that it kind of gave an idea of a little bit of um, adventure or exploratory aspect to it, because Realm, you, you don't necessarily think of the real world
0: well and also what i liked is realms kind of you can look at it in two ways it does have sort of a fantastical connotation but also you know you could look at realms as like a realm as a field of study um and we you know do take a look at and study films uh and and which by the way and the scope of this is going to kind of expand i think because we're going to be talking not just about films but i think gradually we'll talk television and and also maybe some things related to film and television like occasionally some books i have some ideas for you know we can branch into some book discussion on you because know, apparently there's some pretty good books that have had uh, film adaptations oh uh, just and a couple te- yeah so um I, I think everybody who doesn't know already will come to discover my deep and abiding obsession for the Lord of the Rings. So Yeah.
1: It's definitely. impossible
0: not to venture into the books when talking about Lord of the Rings. But um yeah we actually started talking about doing a podcast far before you came on as co-host for cinematic realms. And I guess we should get this out of the way because people are gonna find out eventually that the idea for that podcast was a Kira Knightley podcast because you and I are teeny tiny little bit obsessed.
1: Yes. Yeah. We were going to have a podcast dedicated to our queen. Um, And, you know, we have social media accounts right now. Check us out. Knights of Kira. We have a Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, But we, yeah, that was originally kind of what we were going to do. And John, I believe it was the master and commander stream. The our Lord and Savior, which is the YouTube algorithm picked that up. And since then, you've been getting a lot more clicks than normal. And um, I think you realized after a couple streams after the master and commander stream, that it was kind of going to become a thing. Uh, And you also, you told me about the stress of finding a guest every single Saturday. Uh, And you were doing Thursday before then. So you were, you know, you were giving up your weekends and having to find guests. And um, there's this thing called scheduling, which I'm kind of obsessed with. (laughs) So we could kind of put together, I think our respective talents and make something that kind of takes the, some of the stress off of you. And we don't have to worry about getting a guest every single time. It can just be you and me.
0: Yeah. you may or may not have a scheduled out many months in advance. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we have plenty of- Yeah,
1: our Google Doc is lit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we we certainly have no shortage of things to talk about. So, you know, why wouldn't you plan stuff out? Um, There's plenty to choose from. But yeah, it's, and I feel like when I asked you to come on, it was kind of like, what we're doing now is kind of what I feel like I always wanted to do. I I feel like I was sort of, it was almost like it was a transitioning point where I wanted to do something where I was talking, you know, with a friend each week about uh, movies. And like you and I were like instant friends as, as soon as we actually met in the Here Be Dragons Slack group. Um, and I, I think you wandered into my uh, my Terra channel in the Slack, and so I think we discovered we were kind of kindred spirits. Yeah, it at was that called point.
1: I think it was called John's Wife at the time too.
0: We so. we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, um, maybe <laughs> but we yeah.
1: should we should also do a little bit of an intro of who we each are for some new hopefully we have some new listeners that would be awesome another good thing about the podcast form is there are some people that just don't watch youtube videos that might be more inclined to listen to podcasts
0: yeah absolutely your background i think is far more interesting so why don't you go ahead and go first
1: um yeah sure <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> Uh, yeah, my name is Amy, so my quote-unquote fandom name is Amy Blackfire, that's A-E-M-Y, Blackfire with a Y. Um, yeah, and uh, Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones fans, um, especially, obviously, if you read the books because they weren't really mentioned in the show, will recognize that as a kind of um, a Song of Ice and Fire name. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door as far as coming out as a nerd, very obviously. Um, but I, I was originally just kind of, so, so basically what I do for my quote-unquote day job is that I'm a PhD student and I study Chinese literature, specifically early sci-fi, so I am inclined toward literary criticism and analysis, and that's basically what I do on my blog slash channel slash podcast, where I have on wonderful guests to talk about lots of stuff, and uh, it's like f- five fandoms now that I'm basically... <laughs> dipping my toes into so you know song of ice and fire obviously his dark materials after Our last airbender and i'm starting gonna to, i'm gonna do x-men the witcher and um john you may have heard of a little something called the poppy war Uh um, no it's my I've, brand now this is the
0: very first time i'm hearing it about is my this.
1: brand to talk about the poppy war by rf kwong it's amazing amazing fantasy series anyway so uh yeah so my background is that i'm I, uh, I'm from Oklahoma, so kind of a, a not very populated state, um, and I I basically was in Spanish class in high school, and my first ever Chinese teacher came in and was promoting taking Chinese. I was like, I'm never gonna do that, that's so hard. Um, and then I liked her so much, and I I kind of, She talked about, she showed us pictures of all the activities they do, like Chinese New Year, and then they were. Um, you know, they go to the Asian market and they go to a Chinese restaurants. So I was like, okay, well, it's a lot more chill than Spanish class. So I took it and I never looked back. So I basically took Chinese for two years in high school and then I got my bachelor's and my master's in Chinese. And now I'm working on my PhD in East Asian studies. So I just kind of never stopped learning and I don't want to ever stop learning. Everyone is a lifelong student. Uh, and, and so that's kind of been my love. I, I grew up watching anime, so I was already interested in East Asia anyway, and you know, Japanese wasn't offered in high school. Um, and I actually thought I was gonna switch from Chinese to Japanese when I got to college, but that, that didn't happen. Uh, I, I stuck with it, and it's kind of been the, the love of my life. So it's been over 10 years now I've been studying Chinese. And that's, that's kind of been my foot in the door as far as making content. I really like to look at Eastern symbolism, that's always interested me. Um, just some other things about me, I guess. I play violin, so I'm very musically inclined. And I like to cook, especially Asian food, obviously. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like listening to music, particularly rock and hip hop, and some pop music, like Ariana Grande, but I'm a little picky. So I, I don't listen to as much pop as I do hip hop and like nice classic 60s, 70s rock. Um, and I love to read, obviously, is a huge part of my life.
0: What I take from everything that you just said is that you're a bit of a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, the, it's... Uh, yeah, And you, we can't, you know, mention your, uh, you know, your interest in Ariana Grande without mentioning that you've actually converted me into a fan. <laughs> me, who, uh, like, I am famously a classical music lover and film score lover. I don't, I'm very not, I'm very much not into contemporary music, um, but you have turned some switch on in my brain, which I don't know whether to thank you or curse you for that, Amy.
1: Yeah. And especially lately. So like when quarantine started, I was reading a lot more and I'm kind of in a in a rut right now. I can only really read maybe a chapter or two before I have to put, like I'm, I'm not sitting there and just reading pages and pages like I normally do, but what has increased is my show watching. I'm actually more of a show watcher than a movie watcher, which is why my friendship with John has been so valuable because he has awoken the cinephile within me that I didn't even know was there. Uh, before then it was, I had this kind of, this, like, handful of movies that I'd watch over and over again and really like, but I, w- I didn't really open myself up to, you know, the larger genres. And there are certain genres I like that John doesn't necessarily like. Um, I really like horror movies, and I think I like comedy movies a little bit more than him. So I can also fill the holes of, of uh, in, in cinematic realms that he may may not have as much, quote-unquote, expertise on. Uh, and then he, of course, like, obviously, you and I both talk about film scores a lot. I look at it from a musician's perspective. And you kind of have a larger, you know, looking at the, you know, the full score yourself uh, itself. And then you obviously have a lot of cinematography and, like, camera work expertise that I do not. So I think we put it, put a, put us both together and we're a functioning cinephile.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess that's actually a good place to talk a bit about, uh, you know, who I am and sort of, you know, my uh, past (laughs) experience for lack of a better term. Um, I'm basically a big old movie lover. That's sort of my story. I've ever since I was little, I think I've been pretty much obsessed with films. And, uh, and so that's kind of lent itself to sort of studying film, but I, I, I'm sad to say I haven't actually been to film school, which is something I did want to do, but I've taken, you know, film courses, you know, in, in high school and a little bit in college. And, and then I also worked for a local news station and did a lot of photography and editing and all that. And all the while I was more and more obsessed with movies. Um, I, I think I learned a lot of my training so to speak, from actually listening to audio commentaries and watching behind-the-scenes documentaries and stuff. But the other big thing about me is that I'm an insanely shy person, which puts me in direct opposition to Amy, who is not (laughs) shy in the least bit, um, which is kind of... I I had a weird origin story with... Well, I guess not all that weird, because it's probably pretty common uh, as far as joining the A Song of Ice and Fire fandom, which was that I was really shy and kept to myself, and then thankfully somebody took me under their wing, that somebody being uh, our wonderful friend, uh, Mr. Stephen Stark, who I co-host, uh, Here Be Dragons with him, and our friend Nessie. Uh, so Over basically, at the
1: Unspun Yarn, check her out. Yes, <laughs>
0: it, absolutely. And so basically, I was really shy, but I commented on one of his posts, and I think he recognized that I was a shy person and basically grabbed me by the shirt collar. And, you know, things haven't been the same since. I don't think I would have... I certainly wouldn't have met anybody in the Slack group, or or you for that matter, Amy. So that's, you know, I'm eternally grateful for that. And uh, it's been a wild ride in the most, you know, weird year to have something like that happen because we haven't been able to go anywhere we haven't been able to go to conventions or anything like that yeah so so it's really weird that I've sort of had um, you know this wide exploration of my you know becoming more social
1: yeah in a
0: year when we couldn't be social
1: and it's interesting to build what I think are lifelong friendships with people that I've never met in person Um, it's, it's like I'm online dating everyone, (laughs) so, and speaking of not being shy too, there's something that I was posting about on Twitter, follow me at Twitter, at Amy Blackfire, um, I was posting pictures of me from undergrad dancing, uh, performing Bollywood dances. I also am trained in Bollywood dancing and love Bollywood movies. So speaking about not being shy, I, I literally got on stage and danced, you know, these, in many and some of them were kind of pop culture oriented, but some of them were quite, you know, older cultural dances that were not my culture. And I just took it in stride, and I had a great time. And so I, I've, I think I've been publicly embarrassed twice in my life. Um, <laughs> I whatever part of my brain that is supposed to feel shame for, unless it's I like I have like certain shame, you know what I'm saying? Just like I just that part that's supposed to be embarrassed does not activate in my brain. Um, that does not mean I have anxiety. Let me be very clear. I don't have social anxiety, but I do have anxiety about getting all of my coursework done, being a, a teaching assistant. Um, you know, I'm constantly worried about um, you know my writing. The second I turn in a paper to my professor, I'm pulling my hair out. So I do have anxiety. I'm just very, very fortunate that it's not social anxiety. And some of that does come from being an only child with parents who adored the crap out of me and you know basically made me think I could do no wrong which also made me a little bit of a narcissist but that's kind of how it goes
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I very clearly have social anxiety um and as evidenced by the fact like the whole point of doing this as a podcast and well not the whole point but part of it is that you know we don't have to worry about performing in front of a live audience Um, but even so like I could tell as I was just sort of talking about myself a few seconds ago I was still getting stage fright uh, just by virtue of the fact that we know that people are going to be listening to this and watching this but um, but yeah I I could edit that out later but I, I think I'll just let it be because um, I I, I want to see like I think this is kind of the start of a very long journey, so I I think it'll be interesting to see me still uh, struggling with you know with getting complete thoughts uh, out and and then maybe see how that is a couple years down the road. It'll be interesting to see, but this is a movie channel, so I guess you know we can start sort of talking about you know us in movies. I mean I've been a movie lover for such a long time but as you say Amy you you know I've sort of converted you into being more of a <laughs> a movie fan but surely there were movies growing up that you really loved so uh, you know so what was the the favorite movie of Miss Amy Blackfire?
1: Uh L- little Blackfire. Um back yeah so back in the day obviously I like any little girl Growing up, was obsessed with Disney movies, and I had all sorts of VHSs, um, And actually, something that I rewatched on Disney Plus because they just put it up that has a, I have a lot of fond memories about is the 1997 Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. So there, I loved musicals. I love me. I love when they break into song. It's just really fun. Um, so those were like my obviously my first exposure to movies. But as far as something that I liked, kind of early teens ish um pan's labyrinth was actually a huge movie for me that kind of changed my life um i think it's one of the best fantasy it's films. so ever good which made. which by the
0: way we have done a, a live stream about pan's labyrinth which we did with with steven and uh and cecilia from geeks d'orelia uh, so, you know, if any of you are interested in listening to us talk about yeah. that movie, you can head over to John Webster Film on YouTube and check that out. But yeah, yeah and we are
1: going to eventually upload the audio from all those YouTube videos on the Cinematic Realms podcast. It's just going to take a little while. So don't wait. Go see it on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I think the reason why I didn't want to do that off the bat um, was just because obviously we're referencing a lot of visual stuff with those discussions and they don't necessarily lend themselves to the podcast format but I do s- still want people to be able to listen to those if, if they want so I think we'll gradually be introducing those as sort of archival episodes yeah but yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is so, it's good. so good I Um, Of course, it drives me crazy hearing you talk about seeing that when you were younger. Um, I went to
1: Blockbuster to get it, so it's not like it was, you know, just yesterday, John. Um, But beyond that, though, I also really like comedy movies, so I've been a huge fan of Big Lebowski for a long time. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie over and over. Makes me laugh every single time. You're out of your element, Donnie. I love love also satirical films like... um, like Hard, the Dewey Cox story that makes fun of Ray and uh, and the Johnny Cash movies, uh, you know. So I love seeing the movies and then seeing the sat- satirical movies that mock them. I always find that really fun, like scary movie that, that mocks all of the, sc- all of, well, the scary movies. Um, and then there's not another teen movie that makes fun of all of the, like, teenage rom-coms. Um, so I, I, I kind of like, I really like those, but I also, um, I also think that, you know, kind of the the classic sort of, I mean, I guess action movies is kind of the right term, though I don't think you would technically call like the Pirates of the Caribbean as kind of action-y. It's like its own thing. Uh, I loved Pirates, especially because in my high school orchestra we played the theme and uh, like the score, and I realized how solid the music in that is. Well, and what's
0: so great about that score is exactly the thing that I know some film store fans didn't like about it was the fact that it's not what you would expect from you know, a musical store for a mo- for a pirate movie. Um, yeah. because it's almost like a modern action score. It's I, Yeah, and I like it. It's basically it's like a rock and roll score basically yeah. and uh and that's what's so fun about it. Um I mean, I I remember when that came out. The soundtrack wasn't out like immediately with the film, and I was like, "Oh my god, when's the soundtrack for that coming out? I have to have it. I have to have
1: it." Yeah, I mean, anyways, I won't hum too much in case that gets us in trouble with copyright. But I also really like. Obviously, I, I'm into literature. I think books are the best, but I especially like autobiographies and memoirs, and I think movies made out of that, such as, John, I think I have this on our long list of movies that's like 400 movies uh, deep. Uh, it's called Angela's Ashes, and, and it was written by Frank McCourt, and he grew up in Ireland during one of the many times when it was very difficult to be growing up in Ireland, uh, and, and then, they actually were in America and went, and were, were, went back to Ireland. And so he's kind of, um, a lot of really awful things happened to him and it was weird for a 12 year old to like such an, such a depressing movie. But I think I really like movies that show real life that don't show. So you know, it's funny. He's like, Oh, Amy likes comedy movies. She likes fantasy movies, but I also like movies that really show the grind, um, as uh, as Amos would say, um, in the expanse, I, the grind of of life, especially difficult lives, uh, I just I find something very compelling about those
0: stories. Stephen will kill me if I don't correct that. I, I believe uh, what A- Amos terms that is the churn.
1: The churn. Okay. Yeah. The churn. Uh, to me, it feels like the grind, though. But yeah, the churn. Yeah. It's this constant, just you're you still have to keep going but you're constantly just caught in this web basically yeah the grind the churn yeah good i'm glad that you corrected me otherwise he'd be adding us um and so would a bunch of other (laughs) other expanse fans so i've seen the i'm reading the books and i've seen the show just so you know listeners um
0: (laughs) yeah i still haven't gotten to the books unfortunately i mean there's a long list of books that i want to get to that i haven't gotten to but i do have the first one leviathan Waits. um Amy, yes, I know, the Poppy War, the Poppy <laughs> War. Um, for, for those listening for the first time, you will hear Amy plug the Poppy War every to every it. single time. I'm being
1: paid by the author. No, I'm not. I'm not being paid by <laughs> anyone. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I think I do like a wide variety of movies, but I think I was, I am getting better about this, but I, I was very picky about what movie would be, I would consider a classic and worth rewatching. Um, I mean, when you say Pan's Labyrinth, that's just automatically setting the bar so high for for excellent movies. Um, so there were some movies that I would watch over and over again. Uh, and you know, and I tend to also like movies that others say aren't as good as the other others that the like that the main actor has been in, for example, Jennifer Lawrence. Most people, when they talk about her, they never mention joy. And I really like that movie. and I think I'm the only one. Because <laughs> everyone I talk to about Jennifer Lawrence, they either haven't seen Joy or they saw it and thought it was boring. But like I said, I like those kind of like biography kind of movies that are just about someone's life. We we kind of saw that with Hidden Figures, which we covered a couple of weeks ago, where it's just you know people dealing with uh you know with their with their own issues and obstacles in life.
0: Yeah, I. I have to admit, I have not seen Joy. Uh, Most people haven't. Well, precisely because it wasn't regarded at at the time of release as much of a success. Um, That said, I I really do love Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, see, most people I talk to are like, oh
1: yeah, I love Silver Linings Playbook, or I love Hunger Games, or I love, I don't know, I haven't seen the one where she's alone on a ship with Chris Pratt, but that looked dumb to me, so I didn't watch it, but (laughs) already throwing shade on Chris Pratt so.
0: Oh, it was bound to happen sooner or later. I
1: mean, I like Guardians. I like Parks and Rec, but he's a butthole anyway in, in real life, not as an actor. Um, but those, so that, yeah, those are the kind of movies that I like. And I, it wasn't until you and I became friends that I started watching one or two movies a week. That just does not me. I watch shows every day. That's what I do. And I would maybe watch a movie once a month, if that, uh, and, and I I also do, I like superhero stuff. So, you know, I, when Wonder Woman, the first one came out, I was, I was in costume at the theaters ready to go. I was so excited. So I also like those kinds of things. Um, and I, but I, I don't like a lot of action movies as much as you would think I would, because I do like superhero stuff but I see I call them those comic book movies I kind of see them different from action like they are in the action genre but they're their own like branch
0: yeah um I was much more into action movies when I was a teenager and less so as I've gotten older I I very much gravitate towards dramas um but that said I mean my favorite movies of all time are The Lord of the Rings, and they and always will be, which I I think is those films are a wonderful balance between they've got action elements and they have drama and and of course you know they're, they're fantastic fantasy stories and pretty much read the books about the I think the year before the first film came out so it was kind of like an avalanche of an experience for me Uh, I think it hit at just the right time for me yeah and And I I
1: think that it's, it's because I like compelling characters that I that I'm picky about action movies because they don't focus so much on character development uh, whereas Lord of the Rings, even though you do have those fight scenes, if you watch the extended version, which I never watched until you, John, I only watched the the uh, cinematic release, or you know the the one that you see, you would see in theaters. Um, the extended version gets though has those moments of character development that I thought it was lacking when I went to see it in theaters.
0: Yeah, I think the extended versions of those movies really show that a story like Lord of the Rings is is not entirely compatible with the restrictions of modern sort of movie-going conventions uh, because they had to tell each chapter as you know a film which the studio originally wanted like two and a half hour movies Peter Jackson was able to stretch that to three hours for the first two and then three hours and 20 minutes for the third film but it's one big story, and you want to have all those wonderful character beats and those explorations of you know, characters like, like Faramir, who is almost entirely different in the extended version. You really get the feel of that dynamic between him and Boromir and their father, Denethor, that I think is more of a subplot in the theatrical versions that you don't get much of, and I think it's a major feature... Of the full-length films, yeah. So the motivations just...
1: of the characters make more sense when you watch the extended, because you kind of understand their psyche and what they're thinking. Um, darn, I had a thought, but now I forgot. I was gonna make another point about movies, so it would have been on the topic. <laughs> but I don't. Remember That's all right,
0: uh, folks. You will get a lot of uh, <laughs> dropped thoughts in in this podcast <laughs> from both of us. Uh, It's just the way it's going to roll. And then also, you know, circling back around to Akira, of course. Of course, we've got the the Alpha and the Omega. Which we will constantly do. Um, I first saw, well, I, I first saw her in Pirates of the Caribbean Um, which did elicit a, oh my God, who's that? Mm -hmm. Um, But, (laughs) uh, but it was really Pride and Prejudice in 2005 when I saw that, that I absolutely um, fell in love with her as an actress. Um, (laughs) Got to make sure I add that little bit at the end. Um, But no, uh, Pride and Prejudice was really transformative for me just because it opened my eyes to the different kinds of films I, I could like. And and I think that part of me, like in my subconscious, I was already there. Like I loved films like romantic musicals were a big thing for me, even if I didn't realize that the romance was why I was into those. But like I was a big fan of Moulin Rouge and then, you know, uh, and then fan of the Opera when that came out. And so I, I think there was this part of me who always really responded to romantic stories. And then when I saw Pride and Prejudice, which is, you know, arguably it's, I mean, it's marketed and, and presented as, you know, a romantic movie for women, basically. that That's certainly how those films are usually promoted. And I remember I took my mom to see it at the... Uh, you know, for her birthday, and I was sitting there throughout the movie, and I was like, oh my god, I really hope Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy get together. And, you know-
1: That's one and... difference between you and me. I'm not a shipper, and you are most definitely a shipper.
0: <laughs> yep, guilty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was really transformative, because after I saw that, first of all, I was, like, looking forward to the next film that Kira and and the director Joe Wright were doing, which was Atonement. So I was, I became a fanboy at that point. But also I started to really explore other uh, kinds of movies. And now you know it's had an influence even to if you look the past couple of years. My favorite movies have been things like um, Emma and uh, and Little Women. It's, it's so it's wonderful how it kind of opened my eyes to liking different things and and you know moving on to shows you know we talked about this over on your youtube channel the different stuff that i like outlander is a big thing for me i I love that show and that has a wonderful mixture of romance and action and uh, history and politics
1: and a little bit of magic too with the yeah with the Mm tiny whiny stuff um and actually one thing that I found interesting is that I've seen more old movies uh, compared to you. So I'm a Hitchcock fan. I've seen a lot of Hitchcock movies. Rear Window is one of my favorites. And also I was writing them down as I was thinking about it. I love Tennessee Williams. He's my favorite playwright. And so, Streetcar Named Desire, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, I've seen those and love them. The Way We Were, which I'm definitely going to get you to watch. Uh, I really, really like that movie. Uh, and Dirty Dancing, which you have seen now, and I'm very excited and to say. Now I've,
0: I've seen, but here's the thing, like, I have seen older movies. I We've just seen, like, I, I think we prefer different ones. And, and I haven't seen some of the ones that, you know, that you have, and but... Like, I, I definitely, through my younger years as sort of developing as a cinephile, I, I very much, you know, fell in love with the films of David Lean, like Bridge on the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia. And, um, and of course, we're going to be doing Wizard of Oz next week because who hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz and, and loves we're it? It's to like see the, the Wizard. <laughs> wizard of Oz is like the ultimate nostalgic yes. film b- yeah. because everybody grows up with it.
1: Exactly. it's and It so, crosses generations.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I don't think anybody actually can be objective about it either. Um, which, you know, we're not even going to try to be next week. But, <laughs> uh, um, definitely. Yeah, and then, like, you know, I had some other mo- older movies that I really love are, like, uh, The Ten Commandments, Ben uh My Fair Lady, which uh, I'm sure you would have a, a ball dissecting. uh, Oh, boy, what I, Uh, I
1: also, I also, I I don't, I kind of like early sci-fi, and I don't care if, if the writing is good, I don't care how crappy, you know, the effects are, because I understand that wasn't available at the time, like Time Machine, the Time Machine, I really like that, and it's, you know, very obviously not good as far as, so the special effects, but the general, like the obviously the book itself and the writing, uh, for the for the the movie itself is is really well done. And I think that I also do like kind of movies with messages as well. Uh, so so I've always really enjoyed that. But 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 my mom and I basically would watch Turner Classic Movie Channel and watch all of these old movies, and I would really appreciate them. And we would watch the one where they have the commentary. At right right after the commercial, they would come on and do some commentary and then start the movie back up. And I, I really enjoyed that kind of format and kind of understanding where a lot of cinematic norms come from and patterns, you know, and, and you know, Hitchcock started a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of sus- movies that like mystery and suspense movies basically are the the grandchildren of Hitchcock movies. So I, I really enjoy seeing that kind of, kind of you know, um, and, and, you know, talk, thinking about shows too, you know, I've seen, i watch a crap ton of shows, but if we're talking about older shows, I, I'm a huge fan of the original Twilight Zone. So I've always mm-hmm. been into that idea yeah. of mysteries and twists. That's what I was going to say earlier. It all comes back around. I like a movie with a twist. So I am like half an M. Night Shyamalan fan, He's kind of dead to me because of the uh, live-action Avatar Last Airbender movie that did not exist. Um, but I really like the village uh, signs and um, – oh, he did another one that is just not – it's not registering in my head. But I um, I like his – The Sixth Sense? The Sixth, sixth Sense, everything. yes. I like those classic M. Night Shyamalan twists uh, in movies. Which, when they're I really done do,
0: well. which I really do think The Sixth Sense is, you know – in my opinion it's undeniably a classic whatever you thought of you know his later films i think that's a really incredible movie and yeah. i'm so glad to hear you say positive things about the village because sometimes i it love the like
1: village i just rewatched it a couple weeks ago
0: it seems sometimes like i'm the only one who likes no the village. no
1: you're in good company um, here in on this podcast john i lo- i just rewatched the village a couple weeks ago and i was like is it as good as i remember it i was like it was as good as i remember i freaking love that movie
0: like, I know you can poke holes in the logic of some things, but like cinema is not real life. It's There are certain movies that you kind of go along with the conventions of, you know, of the setup for the story yeah. to, to tell a good story.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that's it's a beautiful love story. And of course, you know film store lover the music by James Newton Howard Very is well sublime those those violins and it, it's just it's beautiful
1: and I just generally like movies that creep me out I feel creeped out and the village did mm-hmm. that um I, the others did that also has a twist ending which I luckily got you to um to watch yay um there was another one I was trying to think of but yeah I, I like movies that make me feel uncomfortable Oh, Midsommar. I don't know if you've seen that, John. With uh, I, I can never remember one. her name. I always say Francis, but I believe it's Florence Pugh. Is that correct, or is it Francis Pugh?
0: Flo. Uh, now you have me second guessing. No, no, no. It's, it's, it, it's Florence.
1: Okay, Florence Pugh. She plays in that. Yeah, I think she's brilliant in that movie, Midsommar, and it's a creepy movie. Uh, it's it's definitely. Which, psychic? by the way,
0: she's she's gonna be huge.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, um, we love we. I loved her. In, like I want you to watch Midsommar just because you loved her in Little Women. It's a totally different part. It's great.
0: Yeah, um, uh, it
1: is a freaky movie. I love it so much. You, I mean, you're not as into the horror elements as I am, but I think you would still like it because of the mystery.
0: It really depends on the film, because sometimes those sort of creepy elements really work for me. It's the reason why I love alien so much is because, um, because certainly there's some, some things with the creature effects in that film that are dated and, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily as scary to a modern audience, but what retains, you know, its genius is the sort of environment of fear and, unpredictability of being on a spaceship where you feel like all that's separating you from, you know, the darkness of space is just this, you know, the spaceship. And, you know, and then when you've got things like the, you know, acid blood just burning through the hull and it's just so frightening to be placed in in that situation. And the film is so quiet, eerily quiet. And so so in the right film, like, I do like to be creeped out. It, it just depends. It, it really I, does.
1: I, I'm really excited for you to see Midsommar, and, and we'll talk about it, because I think that's one of the films that does that well. It also does silence well, like you were saying. There's a seated particular that... This is not a group watch party movie. <laughs> I will say that right now. If you, Listeners, if you're like, oh, Midsommar, maybe recommended it, then don't at me when you're like, I tried to watch this with, you know, so, you know, it, it has uh, some raunchy scenes in it that maybe you should...
0: Be with I'm friends sorry, but are, that just yourself. so cracks. It, it so cracked me up when we uh, did uh, a dangerous method. And we just did a watch party with just you and me. And and we were like, yeah, this would not have worked not a as, a, as a watch party for, for my favorite.
1: Group. I'm gonna do you want me to tell the sneezing story?
0: Yes, because that's do. one
1: of my favorite stories. So I was in the living room. I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm cracking up just thinking about it. So we were watching that. And for those of you that don't know, The Dangerous Method, it has spanking scenes in a, in a sexy way, not in a child abuse way. Um, and so what happened was I was in the living room, and a spanking scene happened. And my partner from the other side of the apartment was like, bless you, honey. I was like, no, I didn't sneeze. <laughs> then later, I told him it was on the TV and Kira Knightley was being spanked, and he was like, "Why didn't you tell me? I would have come in and watched it." <laughs> so that, so that's my sneezing story about the dangerous method. Um, yeah, because oh he, that is he half one of, of, of my... it, He watched half of it with me, and then was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go work on something," and he missed all of the good stuff.
0: <laughs> that will never not be one of my favorite <laughs> stories. <laughs>
1: So good.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) which, which, by the way, we are going to be starting our (laughs) our discussions of uh, Karen Iley's movies on on here. And well, we say start. Really, we have already started it over on the YouTube channel. But for the podcast iteration, uh, we're actually going all in, and we're you know creating a proper series for our discussions and of and it's her about movies.
1: time john yeah
0: yeah it's because we're basically doing our original plan of doing a nightly podcast we're within sneaking this podcast it in exactly into uh, it's going the series is going to be called the nightly hour which we have our friend yogi to thank for that name
1: thank you yogi check out through yeah. the moon door moon door is two words he, it's yeah. on pod, it's a podcast form and on youtube
0: and uh so on the first one, which will be the week after we do Wizard of Oz, uh, and we'll have uh, our first special guest on the podcast, who will be none other than Lady Triple, uh, Christina, will be coming on to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, Very the Curse of the Black that. Pearl.
1: And, and if you've seen, if you go to our YouTube channel and you check out the, um, the episode we did on... Nightmare Before Christmas, you will see what happens when Christina and I are on the same channel slash podcast. We we go crazy. It's great. <laughs> I love talking I to her. Like, She's been on my channel as well to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. She's going to be on my channel a lot more. So definitely you guys are lucky that Christina graces us with her presence so much.
0: <laughs> she is amazing and it's going to be a riot. Um, we're not opposed to having more than one guest Uh you know, on uh, even though we probably won't be doing it as much here on the podcast as we were doing on on the YouTube live streams, but um, but in the case of Christina, uh, I, I figured with you and her, is pretty much that's all we can handle. I so. know you're
1: not gonna you're gonna be you're gonna introduce the podcast and you're gonna get to say two lines about the film score and otherwise. <laughs> But I mean, for pirates, I feel like you're gonna you're gonna in- inject yourself a little bit more. You're gonna be like, but Kira though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, dear listeners, something that John and I want you to know, if you don't already, it's that uh, Kira's character is the main character of the first three pirates movies.
0: Absolutely. So uh, you think li- it's
1: Jack, but no. Y-
0: and you say the first three, but there's only three. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, um, yeah, that's true. Y-
0: yeah, uh, Elizabeth Swan is the protagonist of yes. Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. and that's Jack Sparrow all is, is the it.
1: is the comedic relief. So yeah, yeah, that's
0: that. Uh, <laughs> s- send your emails to <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> to Davy Blackfire. No, I'm just kidding. That's not my email. Ah Nice try, everyone. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, that that's gonna be a, a blast. I'm very much looking forward because I feel like, especially in this format, we can sort of unleash our. Uh, you know no live
1: shaming of our lust exactly
0: we can go all out go all Um. out
1: (laughs) that's going to be fun yeah we're going to be able to release then yeah so we've got basically what's coming up for march is like we said wizard of oz and then pirates of the caribbean and i'm just going to go ahead and reveal the other two movies we're going to talk about x-men 2 we talked about the first movie uh a little bit ago uh so check that out if you want to do it in order, but X two is the best X Men movie, so you could probably just totally listen to it by itself. And yeah, that's gonna be fun. We're gonna talk about X two. Uh, I am a huge X fan, uh, and John is a fan of the of the movies and also the animated series, along with me. But I, am, dun, 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 I read
0: the comics.
1: Uh, but I actually also read the comics, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be very excited about that. And we're gonna end March with. Um, uh, oh, The Little Mermaid. So we are going to be a part of your world in your ears as a great podcast talking about our love of The Little Mermaid. And that's going to be really fun because that is, it's not my favorite of the Disney princess movies. It's actually probably my second or third favorite because my number one is what I'm talking about for my birthday episode in May, which is Mulan. Oh. Yes. Um,
0: oh my God, this is brand new information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mulan is the best. Uh, I love it. But, yeah, we're going to talk about The Little Mermaid. I'm really excited for that. And I promise I will only break out into song three times.
0: Yeah, if uh, we get flagged for copyright with that, then that's just the way it's going to have to be because... I'll sing I, it I,
1: terribly I, so that it doesn't get... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll lose
0: listeners. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I, I have to say my personal favorite, of course, uh, you know, no surprise to you, I mean, it's Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, which, once again, goes back to, like, I should have known as a kid just by how much you, I love Beauty and romance. the Beast. That, yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's... And that, I'm trying to think what my other... I mean, admittedly, my other favorite as a kid was Aladdin. So I, I, I did love the sort of stereotypical, you know... Uh, boys Disney movie um but but you know my uh heart always skipped a beat when the uh you know the big song came on um what's oh god what, Part of
1: a your whole world? new world A yes. no, whole new world oh whole new world okay I'm sorry um, i didn't know if we were talking little mermaid or uh, Aladdin yeah very, it's kind of sort of similar meanings actually those or messages yeah no actually i was just saying that. A couple of days ago at the kitchen with my partner. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, um, I actually... I do like the Disney princess movies, obviously, but another... Um, I I also... I kind of just like anything that Robin Williams was able to lend his voice to. Like in Ferngully, yes. where he plays Batty. I just... He was such a talent, and the world is so much darker without him. Uh, I, I just think that he, he really brought everything to any role whether it was his voice or live action and so I've I've always been a huge Robin Williams fan. It
0: didn't seem real when they announced you know that he had died It just he just seemed like one of those people who would always be there.
1: Yeah an icon. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah that was yeah I don't mean to bring down the mood but I just I really felt that uh, that my childhood was better because Robin Williams was in it. And he, the thing about him is that a lot of comics make jokes by putting others down and he, that wasn't his style. I really liked his style of comedy. He wasn't an insult comic, which I'm not saying is bad. I, I like a good roast just as much as the next comedy fan. But you know, when I go to see, um, I'll keep that in mind. Stand up comedy. Um, When I go to see stand up comedy, I I either prefer kind of Robin Williams humor, and also I really like the kind of self deprecating humor that a lot of comedians do. So I'm also a huge fan of stand up comedy. Um, Is another interesting thing about me, I suppose you could call that interesting. Um, But I yeah, what's I just actually saw I saw some really amazing stand up in L. A. right before the uh, the quarantine started, and I was very sad because I was looking forward to going back. I've been to Second City in Chicago, so I, I'm really into stand-up, and that's, I think, why I like comedic movies. Um, but going back to The Little Mermaid, <laughs> I, I'm definitely gonna do a little bit of feminist analysis, so it'll sound like I have problems with the movie, but overall, I freaking love that movie. Uh, I had the VHS of it, and I would watch it over and over and over again, and I had the version where after the movie ended and the credits were done there was this like music video of the the woman who sung uh all of all of Ariel's songs and she was walking on the beach singing part of your world and like I still remember that with like the waves crashing and the classic 90s thing where they fade they have a a shot of the person's kind of profile and then it fades away into this into the uh the crashing waves so i love the little mermaid oh the
0: but... 90s you oh, aged the 90s so well
1: back in the back in the day uh, <laughs> i remember them fondly anyway uh, <laughs> but i so when we do talk about things like the little mermaid and others that have some problematic elements when it comes to love and gender i'm gonna point that out but it's all out of love for the material That's something you need to know about me. I'm huge into feminist analysis.
0: It's like, it's funny. I've obviously become more aware of all that stuff as, you know, I've grown older, and especially over the past couple of years. And I think being part of this community has sort of opened my eyes to a lot of things, too. But I'll also admit when I sit down to watch you know, my Disney movies, I, I, I tend to just retreat back into being the little kid version of myself. I'm like, no, don't complain about my favorite movie. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. And no, I think it's good to call out those things and just recognize them. But we can still enjoy the movies for what they were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. that, you know, I don't necessarily think that as a little girl, I was necessarily negatively impacted, but that was a lot mm-hmm. because of the support of my mom and her raising me in a feminist way. So, you know, little yeah. girls who are already maybe in an environment that treats them differently because they were because of the way they were born, you know, I do think it, it can be bad. But um, you know, Disney's hashtag woke now, John, so they fix everything. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no problems there.
0: Um, please don't come after us, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> we would very much like to talk about. We need to movie, get an so intern pl- who will
1: answer all our hate mail. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, I, I think. Like, what are we going to talk about if we if we couldn't talk about Disney because they pretty much own everything now? So. Right. Um. I mean, obviously, I, I think you know. Whether there are main topics for a given episode or not, I, I think we're going to be talking about a lot of Disney Plus stuff for the foreseeable future. I mean, they've got like a Marvel show lined up for every, you know, couple of months this year, and seriously, and then between that and the Star Wars stuff, um, yeah, they've and,
1: got a lot going on. And you know, it's I, I was complaining about Disney not embracing the streaming era. And now it feels like there are dictators. So I don't, I feel like I'm not happy no matter what. Uh, But that being said, I watch a lot of Disney Plus. So, I mean, the X Men animated series is on there. So, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I've been trying to, uh, I mean, you can't lose out on that uh i've been trying to sort of compact down it's funny i'm making these motions with my hands but people listening to the podcast won't be able to see this this is a video exclusive for for, for all you people um no but i've been trying to sort of compress down which streaming services i need but like disney plus is like the one where you can't possibly get rid of it because they've got all the best properties right now essentially
1: yeah, and I'm I also have Peacock because of Parks and Rec. Uh, I love to have that on in the background to while I'm studying because I've seen it so many times at this point that I and it just I need to pick me up right now. I think a lot of people right now during quarantine have comfort movies and comfort shows that they're going back to, and I think you know the 1997 Cinderella was one for me. I watched that, and you know I've been kind of watching things that are nostalgic and also just kind of make me feel good. And I think that that's one of the things that cinema and TV shows can do, which is they can help you escape at least just for a little bit. And I think escapism is a big part of entertainment.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it was just some time ago. I remember I was down about something. Uh, I don't remember exactly right now what it is, and I probably wouldn't mention it on the air anyway. But... Um, but I, I remember I was down about something and then you were like, hey, you want to just watch something? And we turned on the Princess Bride mm-hmm. and like, and that did the trick. I mean, it's that again is another one of those great nostalgia hits. Yes. You know? So it's, that was it really was great fun. to do that. And we've been speaking of X-Men, the animated series. We've been doing watches of that. And that's just made me feel like a little kid again. That's the g- greatest thing in the world.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I And I do, I do complain about the streaming services because everyone was going, oh, we don't need cable anymore. We can do this. Well, now it's as expensive, if not more, to have all these streaming services. And they have these tiers, right? You have the basic account, but then you have the premium account, um, you know, and so you have to, to pay more in order to not get ads or in order to unlock all the seasons of the show that you want to watch. So I, I hate that it seems like if you want the full experience of entertainment, you you have to kind of be at a certain um, level of financial security. Like, I, I'm watching on all of my partner's accounts. I'm not pay other than Netflix, I'm not paying for anything. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not great. It's
0: one of the reasons why I'm kind of seeing what I can get rid of because Netflix, I think, is kind of the notorious one of they keep raising their prices. Yeah. And especially, you know, I just got a brand new 4K TV, and if I want to take advantage of that, I've got to have their premium service, basically. Um, but it's like, you know, what is it? I think it's about to go up to like $18 a month.
1: And if um, they weren't canceling shows left, right, and center, maybe I'd be a little more forgiving. But instead, they keep canceling great shows... Um, such, like such say the, age the, of dark, cr- yes. the dark crystal
0: age of resistance yes
1: and so if you're going to up the price then have more options so i and netflix you know that they're going to be fans of the pod so i'm sure their ceo is going to listen to this but you know I, it's just that if you're if you're going to raise the prices then offer new things or better what you already have but don't just i mean they're they really are just banking on the fact that people are going to think that feel that they can't be without it, and they're going to pay the the price anyway, basically. Which is true for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I mean... I I don't know, I, I'm still super sour about the Dark Crystal thing. I uh,
1: will not get over it.
0: <sighs> and, like, it's not even... Uh, what also makes me angry is they haven't even announced the, the season that we got for... Um, you know, and folks, you're going to hear me go on and on about physical media, um, <laughs> but they haven't announced uh, a Blu-ray release for, for the show. And it's like, I don't want to depend on Netflix, the show that canceled it, to, you know, forever revisit what I think is going to become a classic to stand next to the original film. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be able to actually own it and, you know... In the best possible quality, uh, as like and to actually own it, like heck, even for people who aren't into physical media, they should be able to like buy a digital copy, you know, from other online retailers and not just Netflix. Yeah. Um, that's a problem with a lot of these streaming exclusive shows is that you can only get them through the streaming services, um, which I get for like the first year or so, but that, after that, that it, it becomes sense. a monopoly
1: and it's. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're a big part of a fandom. It's, you know, it feels like, you know, like Game of Thrones, you can like buy, you go into your iTunes and, and buy all the seasons digitally, or you can buy them on physical meat, you know, like there's, there are other options and it feels like it's, yeah, they're going to get some of the profits, I don't understand why they're so controlling about it because it feels more like everyone's. It feels more like you know the fans altogether, uh, you know, can appreciate it and have it instead of you know some big company kind of dictating, uh, you know, the availability of something. You know, Netflix could just take it down tomorrow, and then there would be no place to watch it unless you pirate it.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. That's a basically a, you know. It's a 10 hour, you know, it's people have loved The Dark Crystal for years and years, and it's been like an under two hour movie. And now you've got 10 hours of beautiful storytelling that, yes, it could have and should have gone on for longer, but they canceled it. You know, as mad as I am about that, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But I don't want that 10 hour masterful you know, piece of storytelling to just disappear if Netflix decides we don't need to have it on our service anymore.
1: Yeah, and they're all, we've already, they've already proven themselves fickle about, you know, just cancel. They had even, I hadn't seen this show, so I, I can't even remember the title of it, but they had renewed a show for two seasons and unrenewed, which is, I don't even, I've heard of of shows getting not renewed because I'm a fan of the CW and that's basically my life as a CW fan is that <laughs> it's very possible yeah. that that show that you're obsessed with is not going to make it for another season. But so I'm used to something like the CW where they're like, "Okay guys, hope you enjoyed that season. It's the last one." But I've never heard of you're going to get season 3 and 4 and then all of a sudden, "Oh, JK, well, pandemic." Well, yeah, the pandemic is affecting everyone. I don't understand, you know, it I I've heard of, you know, Amazon Prime and Disney Plus have actually ramped up a lot of stuff. So, I don't know. And, and so Netflix, really, the only thing I can think of is The Witcher. That's what they seem to be banking on right now. Yeah. Which, hey, I'm not against. I'm a huge fan of yeah, the books. Yeah, which is... And I loved witches. the first season. But uh, you, there are so many other possibilities and other fandoms that you can be tapping into I it sounds it seems like they their they're kind of their strategy for quarantine is to just like cower in a corner and hope it goes away. And that's not a very good idea.
0: And in fairness, like Dark Crystal is the one show that I get quarantine throwing a monkey wrench into because while all this stuff is going on, you're not gonna have a bunch of puppeteers, you know, all close together doing something. So maybe they just thought rather than waiting until some undetermined time that just pulled the plug on it. I don't like it, but I can understand it. Yeah. What, I, what continues to make me mad, though, is, like I said, I, I want that show available to, like, actually purchase. Definitely. Um, so that and it, I, they it, did renew Blood on. of
1: Zeus, which is an animated show um, for a second season, which I was glad for because everyone could work from home on an animated show. So... Uh, I, I was glad to hear that so you know Netflix is, is still on my shit list though I'm sorry they just are <laughs> I love how yeah. I love how our introductory episode turned into just shitting on Netflix but you know that's 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 what you're gonna get with John and Amy we were you know we talk about what we want to talk about
0: well yeah I and I wanted this first episode to just kind of go wherever you know <laughs> wherever it needed to go um but that said it's like you know I, I think we get so annoyed by it because we love their product i mean dark crystal was amazing and the witcher is great i'm i'm glad that the witcher will be continuing on uh because i thought the first season was absolutely fantastic it was a bit of a surprise for me because i was like it's this is henry cavill in a white wig um it, yeah it so just... it's
1: like oh henry henry cavill's all of a sudden a targaryen what's going on uh, yeah. You know, though that did uh, that did really show though what what they could do with the eye colors because they had him with the yellow eyes and then they have Jennifer with the purple eyes. So it does show yeah. that you can have these fantasy um, features and make it work. And I th- and I think for some of them they were contacts and some of them they were post edits. So you know, House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, maybe take note about that. So hot D anyway, I'm pumped. I'm so hype.
0: I will never accept that. Okay. No house of the dragon. (laughs) I'm going to be, now we're just going to get hate mail from, uh, Sanry and, and Matt and a bunch of people. They'll be like, not directed at you, directed at me. They'll be like, no, John, it's hot. It's hot D
1: D. anyway. (laughs) Um, Um, but yeah, but yeah,
0: it's, uh, no, I mean, and that show is great because, you know, aside from the fact that it took me off guard because uh, I wasn't expecting it to be so good, it also really turned me into a big Henry Cavill fan because, um, you know, people have been sort of singing his praises for years. I'm not a huge fan of his Superman films. Um uh, and that's you know, getting into the whole Zack Snyder thing would be a whole nother can of worms. We'll, we'll save that for another time, <laughs> but um, but I really love his performances as Geralt. I, it, I would not have guessed that uh, he, he could do something so different from from what he usually does, but he's fantastic in that.
1: And I have not seen Enola Holmes, I know you have, but I, I just. I can't wait to see it just because he got had to get so buff for The Witcher that now there are parts that it just looks awkward for him to play because he's looks like a guy that spends all day at the gym. <laughs> so, you know. I didn't really think about that. You didn't that, really think but about that's
0: it? That's true. Okay. It, it, it's, it, like, yeah, I guess it parts is. parts
1: that it's like, He'll actually have to lose muscle mass to kind of make that work. I don't know.
0: So that's a very in-shape Sherlock Holmes. Yes. I didn't even think about it. I mean,
1: Sherlock Holmes is, like, sitting at home, you know, playing the violin. And and what was he supposed to do? Was it cocaine or heroin he did? Anyway, he's also, like, doing drugs. Like, he was, like, a skinny kind of guy, but he wasn't supposed to be buff. But anyway, that's beside the point. But it's just hilarious that Henry Cavill, like, got. it's like when Chris Pratt – He was in Parks and Rec, and he was kind of this, like, kind of a little bit overweight, kind of, you know, awkward guy. And then all of a sudden, he's super buff Star-Lord. And (laughs) it's like, oh, he's going to have to gain some weight for some parts after this because he looks really buff.
0: Yeah, uh, I I will say that Henry Cavill's take on Sherlock Holmes it's it's slightly different for this iteration because it's not the usual I'll
1: have to story so
0: um but uh do they make him still a
1: high-functioning sociopath or (laughs)
0: he's not not he's not really the more sociopath he's he's really it shows him to be really smart but he's kind of taking on the role of the the good brother between him and Mycroft, where Mycroft is the real grump and, uh, and arguably appalling person. I'm excited.
1: Um. I got to check it out. I know um something that we have coming up, dear listeners, is uh, an Oscar special. We're going to n- nominate our own, uh, 2020 movies and actors and directors yeah. and all that and so I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna watch a crap ton of 2020 movies in the span of like a month and a half so that's gonna be fun and Enola Holmes yeah. is definitely on the list
0: yeah we're gonna do that the week of the Oscars and we'll basically be disregarding the actual uh, the Oscar nominees and just, we all know
1: that the cinematic realms award first annual cinematic realms awards are going to be way more of a great of a, of you know a, a syndicated and important affair
0: so yeah because our uh you know because I, I don't think anybody can argue with our choices because you know we have unquestionable uh
1: expertise <laughs> cred is, and credentials. expertise and yes. cred,
0: yeah um but no it, it'll be fun I'm, I'm looking forward to that i mean i kind of did that every year when i was younger it's like i i was that nerd who like at my workplace i actually like around oscar season i actually typed up like my own nominations so you're like and, the
1: the uh the was it the march madness people that like they have brackets yeah. and yeah that's exactly
0: great. uh <laughs> And of course, nobody, it was like, Yes, John, you okay, see your John. list. Okay, very yeah. good. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we're gonna have a blast doing that, and it'll be interesting to see how our lists differ. I while, know one yeah,
1: way they're gonna differ already, but
0: uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to that, and yeah, and, and we're going to have a, a lot of fun movies on the horizon, and, um, you know, as stated, we're going to have basically our monthly installments of the nightly hour, so we'll be covering, you know, different <laughs> Nightly movies, and then... Yeah, something uh, else we we'll-
1: talked about, John, is we're going to continue, it's going to be very... St- not very often because we have to watch a ton of movies for it but we're gonna continue our focus on series where we focus on an actor or director hoping to also do maybe a costume designer anyway where we look at three to five movies uh, from that person and then look at all of them we did it for Quentin Tarantino and uh, Miss Karen Knightley herself obviously so we're gonna continue that and we also we're talking about maybe doing some kind of theme studies or study just one character from a film so we're hoping, to do some more macro and also some more micro focus so like focusing on just one character from a film or we could focus on maybe a general theme of a movie or even a theme across movies we're kind of wanting to to shake it up a little bit because we're basically scheduled through the first part of June where we're just looking at one movie each time and we're hoping to kind of branch out a little bit aren't we John?
0: Yeah, and also, and I think this episode was a bit of a test run also, we're going to be sort of loosening up the format of each of our episodes, where we are going to have a topic that we're going to discuss, but we're also going to feel free to, maybe at the beginning of, of the show, uh, just talk a bit about maybe what we've been watching that week, and maybe maybe some news, you know, in the film and TV world, and... So that, you know, we're not sort of stringently sticking to, okay, the podcast is starting. We have to start on this discussion point about the film we're talking about. Uh, so it can be, you know, we can cover some other fun stuff uh, that pops up during the week. And uh, and I think it'll be fun to do. And I, I had fun just bouncing around topic to topic today. So I, I think that'll be a good way to go.
1: Yeah, I think so. And uh, John and I both, listen to podcasts just as consumers. And I always appreciate podcasts that kind of have sort of cold opens where they're just hanging out and you kind of get to know the host a little bit better and you start to feel like they're your friends. And so, dear listeners, we want to be your friends just talking about movies with you. Um, And, you know, obviously feel free to follow us on social media, you know, John is at John Webster Film on Twitter and I'm at Amy Blackfire. So feel free to follow us and, comment on our posts and uh, talk about movies with us. That'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'd really love to see some feedback from you guys and uh, just tell us, you know, what you're thinking about some of the stuff that, uh, you know, in the case of today, today we covered a wide range of topics. So just uh, go ahead and follow us and, and tell us your thoughts on some of the things we talked about. And, and then as we discuss, uh, you know, and, Particular movies and shows you can uh you know send us your thoughts on on that and maybe we'll you know mention some stuff uh, when we go to record but um, yeah we'd love to have some interaction with you guys so uh, please uh, get in touch yeah because we're gonna be yeah.
1: announcing what we're what we are um, gonna cover and actually I remember the first stream now I say episode because we're a podcast the first episode I was on was about Mad Max Fury Road and we had our good friend Pat Spinagel had a really interesting point about the movie and about its kind of place within the Mad Max, you know, canon and he commented on Twitter and we quoted him on on the episode, so if you uh, reach out to us before we record then you might be featured
0: Pat's a good guy uh, even though he and I do not see eye to eye on Batman Returns
1: Yeah, I saw that, um. I saw you guys fighting on Twitter and I, I literally <laughs> used the gift as like, fight, fight, fight I love a good Twitter fight
0: um, which I, I take it that he's probably more of a uh, sort of Batman purist in, in that regard. I I, I I mean, I don't know that for certain. You know, I, I don't want to... Don't speak you know, for put, Pat, John. I, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but like part of the reason why I love Batman Returns so much is because it is such an outlandish Tim Burton movie. Um, so I, I think that's It's a different I aesthetic,
1: from. I think, is, is kind of yeah. a lot of.
0: But yeah, um, so
1: please interact with us on Twitter. And you know, if you're not a Twitter person, we're on YouTube, which means you can comment on the videos. Um, but if you want to get a jump on knowing what we're covering and all of that, that Twitter is the way to go. So you can check that out. And if you don't have a Twitter, you know, you can't really comment, but you can at least see what we're up to and, you know, comment on that. And I hope you guys will also check out my channel. And my podcast, which is just Amy Blackfire. So, and you can't, don't search Amy Blackfire on YouTube. You have to do youtube.com slash Amy Blackfire because it will keep say, thinking you want to say army. So it, YouTube will just not, it won't recognize it. It's one of the most annoying thing. I didn't think about that when I picked my, my, (laughs) my name. So I was just thinking about being clever.
0: (laughs) What do you mean? Pick your name. That is your name. Yes, it's on it? my
1: birth certificate. It's A-E-M-Y, because that's how you spell A-B, totally. It's not weird. And then Blackfire with a Y, because that's also a totally legit last name. So, yes, my parents are Mr. and Mrs. Blackfire. Just kidding. My um, mom didn't change her name, so.
0: <laughs> that said, if you just simply search for John Webster Film. Yes, yours we'll actually a... shows up. Yeah, uh, my videos actually show directly up. There's... Not even any other stuff. That and I gets haven't actually checked to it. see
1: if you search Cinematic Realms if it works. Have you done it? I
0: I don't know. I live don't research
1: everyone. Here it comes. Well not live because we're <laughs> recording. But I'm doing it right now. All right. All right. Um
0: and it's interesting because some of our It does views not show have... up,
1: so make sure to search John Webster uh, film.
0: And some oh, of our Oh, views... it does at
1: the bottom. So you have to scroll a little bit, but then you'll find it. Okay. So you can search Cinematic Realms, just scroll a little bit.
0: I will say some of our views have come from people searching John Webster film, which I assume are probably family members of mine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like, who else would get there through just searching for it, because yeah. it seems like everybody else knows this on Twitter anyway, so.
1: Yeah, so so if you search Cinematic Realms and scroll down a bit, you'll find it. But yeah, what's the fun part about the YouTube, especially the early videos, is that John formatted a lot of great pictures and puts those up as as the discussion goes. So it's it's a lot more of kind of a a visual experience, and you get to see you know the live chat when we were talking with our friends. And that is one thing I will miss is the live engagement, where we get to see you know live reactions from our friends. But it was getting to the point where you know uh, I love my friends, but I don't want to give up my Saturday night for them every single week.
0: Yeah. And as much as I enjoyed that live interaction, I also have really enjoyed, uh, tonight just getting to, um, which by the way, that gives away that we're recording this at nighttime, um, (laughs) that we have been able to just have a conversation. I've still been a little bit nervous. I think I'll have to get over that, but it's, I feel much more relaxed and, you know, like we can have a down there with conversation versus when we're performing for an audience.
1: Yeah, and I also, I have this constant distraction from the chat and watching it and seeing, oh, do I need to respond? Do I need to say something? Do I need to put it on screen? And that often makes me not listen to other the other person as carefully. And, you know, especially when we have on guests, I want to hear every word they're saying and be able to, um, you know, respond to their finer points of what they're saying. So I think that this is going to turn out well. And I also am hoping that this will broaden our listener base just because podcast form is so accessible. You could put us in your pocket and go to the store.
0: Um, Yeah. That's why, especially if, if you guys are listening to us uh, just through the podcast, uh, we would love to hear from you uh, because we've obviously gotten most of our feedback um, from the community. That's, you know, there's a large community of people who watch, you know, the YouTube streams in, is sort of our circle and and so we get to hear from those people you know very often it would be nice to interact with some of you who maybe are coming uh, to us from a different place so uh so definitely uh get in touch but yeah it's uh this was a lot of fun and you know and we went for about an hour and 20 minutes i think that worked out good and yeah, so... Yeah, so we'll be back the, next
1: time to talk about the Wizard of Oz.
0: Which, you know... We're going to follow the gonna, yellow brick road. And you're going to get to talk about monkeys.
1: Monkeys! Oh, my God. My second favorite animal to talk about. The first is the phoenix, and I know it's technically mythical, but whatever.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, and, and so Wizard of Oz next week, then the week after that, Pirates of the Caribbean. Because um, we had to... We didn't do it straight away, but we had to dive into our Tierra covers The nightly hours quickly.
1: coming at you hard. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. And okay. uh, for
1: those of you that are Kira fans, hopefully you're listening, we just did A Dangerous Method. We've done The Duchess. Uh, back in the day, John did Pride and Prejudice with our good friend Jared, who is another Knight of Kira. And we did that Focus On series on Kira Knightley. So check those out on YouTube. And those will one day be up in podcast form. We have a lot of back episodes to upload. It'll take a while.
0: Um, Yeah, absolutely. There's some great stuff that I do want to make sure that you all get a chance to listen to. I had the pleasure of doing an interview with Doug Adams, who wrote the book, The Music of the Lord of the Rings Films. And then uh, shortly after that, we did three weeks of, you know, back to back discussions of uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy with a bunch of our friends. So... Yeah, so there's some good stuff if you want to check those out on on youtube uh go ahead and go to the john webster film channel uh otherwise we will uh hopefully have those in a a little while not right away but (laughs) but they'll they'll be uploaded sooner or later but yeah i i guess that about wraps it up um just uh i guess we didn't really do the usual thing where we plug you know, you know other stuff because uh, we talked about what's coming up. But, uh, but Amy, like, what are you working on, on on your channel?
1: Yeah, so I have a lot of things coming up. I have this thing called Buddy Banter. John was on the very first one, the inaugural yes. episode, where we, uh, I, my buddy picks a topic and we talk about it and. Our good friend Yogi over at Through the Moon Door, once again, moon door is two words, uh, he likes Kung Fu Panda. And we're going to talk about the Kung Fu Panda Trilogy. And we're going to have a good time. Since I'm in Chinese studies, I'll get to talk about the integration of martial arts and Chinese symbolism, man. Just have a good time talking about dumplings and the cute. Once
0: you know, again, I just Panda. love the, the wide spectrum I know, of, I know. Of, of, of this series. Yeah, it's, so, it's great. If,
1: so my other Buddy Banter episodes, and if you are a podcast listener, you can just check me out. I'm now finally on Apple Uh, podcasts. And I'm on Spotify, I'm on Podbean, Anchor, all the places. And yeah, and I've talked about what I talked about with John was gender, basically gender stereotypes and how that affects the media that we consume. So I kind of talked about growing up, Uh, as a young woman and what I was told I should and shouldn't like. John talked about growing up as a young man, what he should and shouldn't like. We had a blast and it was also quite personal. And then I talked to Micah about DC movies and shows. And I talked to uh, my good friend Lo The Lynx and they wanted to talk about politics and fantasy which uh john blessedly could not come to that live stream
0: uh because we would have butted
1: (laughs) heads um but that was no i would have
0: agreed with everything every single thing
1: as is your as you are want to do um so we talked about that and uh then you know yeah so this is going to be my fourth episode it's the only time i live stream on my channel so if you are a fan of live streaming and live chatting you can come do that and it changes when we do it based on my buddy's schedule, so please definitely follow me on Twitter because I plug the crap out of everything I do on there. Trust me, you will not miss what's coming up if you follow me on YouTube. Um, yeah, my Song of Ice and Fire content, I've got some two major things coming up. I love Mulan. If you know me, you know I love Mulan. I'm gonna talk about the uh, the kind of the, uh, Mulan originally comes from a poem, so I'm gonna talk about her kind of in the poem and also representation in Disney and compare that to other two characters in A Song of Ice and Fire that quote unquote cross-dress. Uh, so specifically Brave Danny Flint and Alaris slash which just basically confirmed that, that they're the same person. Uh, and so I'm gonna do that and kind of talk about Women dressing as men to enter masculine spaces, and I'm going to have Lo on to talk about that because they Lo the links, my dear friend. They just they are working on an essay about Liana and being the knight of the laughing tree, and then I'm going to have <laughs> an essay and a video about black and white and yin and yang symbolism. The song Rise and fire, and I'm going to have Bronsteries on to talk about that because he wrote an essay, I guess going on a year ago about that. Uh, he t- he does as symbolism. He rarely writes but when he does it's fabulous so i'm gonna have him on
0: i'm sorry did you mean yin and yang
1: oh my god john (laughs) i want (laughs) to strangle you through the computer anyway uh so that's what i'm doing for for his dark materials i'm going to do two character studies one is going to be on mary malone and the other is going to be on uh marissa coulter specifically monkey imagery in her storyline because i'm obsessed with monkeys my first ever essay was on Tyrion, uh, Lannister, and monkey imagery, and you never have to read a word of what I write. I read them to you in the essay, in the episode, and I have someone on to talk about that topic. We have a really good time, and I'm starting my X-Men content. I'm so excited, John. Uh, I'm having Kelly, aka Jaded Redhead, on. Jaded Redhead, I'm just kidding, Jaded Redhead. We're having, I'm having Kelly on. She, like me, loves the comics. And we're going to talk about them by saga, not necessarily chronologically. And we're starting with the Phoenix Saga. If you are not a comics reader, you are welcome anyway. We are going to talk about it as if you don't know anything except maybe seeing the movies. So we're gonna have a really good time. Uh, And yeah, that is all the plugs for my channel, but I have to say Nessie over at the Unspun Yarn deserves your sub, she's amazing. She does mythology and lore, and I'm going to be streaming on her channel uh, this Wednesday, the February the 24th, which will definitely come, uh, happen after you've listened to this because this is a recording. But you should watch it even if you can't check it live check it out live. We are going to be talking about the Phoenix and Phoenix imagery. And I've asked Nessie and she's graciously um, approved me downloading the audio from that when we're done and putting it up on my podcast as a bonus episode. So if you follow my podcast, you can listen to it. But please check out Nessie over at the Unspun Yarn. She has been doing some Arthurian legends and this Phoenix episode is going to be a part of her Magical Menagerie series where she talks about mythical beasts. I've been on to talk about what else but monkeys. And I've also been on to talk about Sphinx and she has done like a four-parter on dragons um, and she did one on unicorns so you definitely need to check out Nessie uh, John co-hosts with her over at Here Be Dragons and it's a shame she does not have more subs um, she deserves it. she so deserves it and I'm also on her on her channel for BTP bleep the patriarchy bleep it y'all where we do some fabulous feminist analysis. Our next episode is also going to be with Kay- Kelly, a.k.a. Jaded Redhead. And we're going to talk about nautical nonsense. It's going to be called Bleep Ahoy. And we're going to talk about all of the sexism and uh, misogyny that surrounds uh, sailing culture. So we're going to have a good time. Sorry, it was a huge plug. But you know what? This is a recording, and I don't have people in the chat being like, okay, Amy, it's been 20 minutes. Oh, and Stephen is not on here to say you can plug only three things. So I just went all out. <laughs>
0: Uh, I believe it's only been nineteen minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. um. Oh,
1: (laughs) have you heard of the Poppy War? There, I'm gonna (laughs) take up the last. No, I I don't believe. I am gonna start doing the Witcher and Poppy War content once again. I also do um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, X Men, His Dark Materials, and A Song of Ice and Fire. Okay, no, I'm, I'm
0: done. I promise. Uh, I I just want to also mention, again, I do the Here Be Dragons uh, YouTube stream with my brother and sister, uh, Stephen Stark and Nessie the Questing Beast. So please um, check that out. That's on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, Because that's apparently the
1: the master of all time zones. Mean people in Eastern
0: time. Yeah, get over it. Um, I won't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I guess that wraps it up. We certainly covered a wide range of topics. We we did it. (laughs) We went all over the place. Uh, these are kind of like
1: our phone calls, though. (laughs) It's like all over the place and very long. It's great.
0: Um, okay. Uh, yeah i guess that's it it's, it's our first time out so i'm not really sure the appropriate way to close this out but i will just say come back uh i say come back like it's a live stream it's like listen to our out,
1: next episode
0: <laughs> listen to our next episode which will be all about the wizard of oz and probably some other stuff that we'll you know throw in there uh monkeys, we'll see monkeys. We'll, and we'll, we'll see what happens over the next week we might we'll definitely get talk you know, about
1: wicked so if you're a wicked fan
0: <laughs> Check out oh, we that episode. Are so, we are so gonna talk about wicked <laughs> and, and defying gravity. Defying that gravity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you everybody for listening or watching, and uh we will see you next week. Uh until then, this has been the cinematic realms podcast. Keep
1: watching movies, everyone. <laughs>